Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and we're going cozy again today. I'm here with Barbara Ross, the author of the main Clambake mystery series, the third of which, Muscled Out, was just released. Barbara, welcome. Hi, how are you? I am terrific, and I have to tell you that I absolutely love this book. (laughs) And now I have to go back. I'm cursing you a little bit because I read a lot for this show, and I have to go back and read the first two books in the series because I liked it so much. So tell listeners a little bit about your protagonist, Julia Snowden, and how she wound up in this fascinating story. Well, thank you very much. Um, My protagonist, as you say, is Julia Snowden a 30-year-old native of a town called Busman's Harbor, Maine. Native in the sense that she was born there. But um, she's been gone for quite a while when the story opens. Julie is the product of a mixed marriage between a a wealthy summer family and (laughs) a local lobsterman. Um, But she's followed the path that I think her parents ordained for her. She's gone off to prep school and to college and to business school and become a venture capitalist in New York. Mm -hmm. Her father, in order to support um, her mother's sort of minimal expectations about what degree of comfort she would have in life, started a very successful clam bake business. But in the five years before the stories open, uh, Julia's father has died and her brother-in-law, in her opinion, has more or less run it into the ground. And um, he's also taken a very imprudent loan on the property where they have the clam bake and her mother's house and it's sort of all bundled up together. Mm-hmm. So she gets an emergency call um, from her sister saying, you have to come back here and save this business. This is what you do for everyone else um, in the world. You're telling them how to run their plan and run their businesses, and now you you have to do it for us. So it's kind of a fish-out-of-water story, even though she was born in the town that she returns to. I, I love the term mixed marriage that, that you <laughs> used, and I, I don't know if you could hear me giggling in the background, but I, just that the whole... The, the whole main vibe that you get in reading this is just so wonderful. I'm down here in Florida where it's hot all the time, and this book opens in the fall, and it's chilly, and um, it's just you, your settings are so rich and vibrant that it's just it's, it's a lot of fun to read. <laughs> oh, thank you. So tell us about this story. Tell us about Muscled Out. What's the, what's the storyline for this one? Muscled Out is the third book in the series, and it um, takes place, as you say, in the fall around Columbus Day weekend when the Clambake is shutting down for the season. Bussman's Harbor is a very seasonal Maine tourist town. So it's work like dogs for four months, and then it's figure out what to do and how to live for eight. And we're just on the cusp of, of that change in Muscled Out. And Julia is feeling great because she has saved this clam bake business, but then all of a sudden a potential competitor shows up in town. And when he turns up under a lobster boat, tangled in the trap lines, dead, uh, suspicion falls on Julia's not so, uh, her, her brother-in-law with whom she has a contentious relationship. Mm-hmm. But her sister, whom she loves, comes to her and says, you, you have to help. And, and Julia rises to the call. 
All right. Now, I've got to ask some questions about Busman's Harbor. Is this uh, first? I'm assuming it's a fictitious town. It is. All right. Is it based on something that's fairly real? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, In 1989, my mother-in-law, without telling anyone or ever prior mentioning the desire, bought a bed and breakfast in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. And that was my family's introduction to Booth Bay Harbor. Okay. And in more recent uh, years, as my mother-in-law got older and running a bed and breakfast got harder, my husband and I actually bought it from her in a complex financial deal that I like to call momatrage. So <laughs> we actually have this house right at the head of the harbor in Booth Bay, where I often sit working on these manuscripts. And it is very much the inspiration for Busman's Harbor. But I wanted a fictional town because I needed to move some things around uh-huh. closer to other things and have some things that didn't exist and, and you know, all of that. But whenever I'm trying to figure out how long it takes Julia to get somewhere. I always Google map from Booth Bay Harbor to wherever it is. Well, it seems like most things are pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have these islands. There are these out islands, um, mm-hmm. for example, where they have the clam bake, and there's a house there, and there's this, the property where they, they hold the, the clam bakes, and it shuts down because of, for a variety of reasons. Is, does that actually happen? Do these out islands just completely shut down, and if you can't live there? Absolutely. The town will turn off the conduits that take the water and the electricity out to these islands, um, often on a day between Labor Day and Columbus Day. And that means everybody comes home. There may be a caretaker who lives in a place that has well water and some alternative means of heat and electricity. But for the most part, these smaller islands, not the larger inhabited islands whose names you might recognize, but the smaller islands, a lot of them shut down for the winter. Okay. In a prior life, you were a businesswoman. You you co-founded a couple of software companies. How did you wind up as an author? Well, that's an interesting question. I always wrote, even in the busiest years of having small children and being crazy busy. I'm a member of, I've been a member of the same writers group, I think, for over 20 years. Oh, okay. All right. Um During that time, I often wrote short stories because it was all that I could keep in my head at at one time. But I always wrote. And then when um, my business was bought in 2006, I looked upon that opportunity to finish my first book, which was called The Death of an Ambitious Woman. Um, (laughs) And then I went back uh, into the second company, which I think less than two years later was bought by the same people Mm -hmm. as the first company. And at that point, that was 2010, my new, my first book was just about to come out. Um, I had an opportunity to become a co-editor of a anthology of short stories. And I said, well, how many times can the universe send you the same stupid message? Really, you need to transition into your second act here. And I started writing full time at that point. And when did you decide to write the main clam bake mysteries? That's an interesting, I had always been active in Sisters in Crime and Mm -hmm. a 
agent approached Sisters in Crime New England and said, does anybody want to write a spec proposal? And I sort of thought about it and I decided I really did. So he and I had a phone conversation and he, we were kicking around ideas and his first idea was Nantucket Cookie and Fudge Company. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot afford to do research on Nantucket, and I cannot afford to do research on cookies and fudge. So that's <laughs> out. Um, his second was Block Island Bicycle Rental. And I think Block Island goes down to, like, 50 people in the winter. So I was like, uh-huh. uh, how many people can I kill in Block Island? Probably not enough. Um, and his third idea was Clam Bank. And a friend of mine in Maine had told me about um, her daughter's wedding had taken place on an island that does a clam bake, very much like the ones in the book. And when he said that, and I'd had this house in Maine, so I'd often thought I should be taking advantage of that wonderful location. And when he said that, I was like, that's it, and uh, wrote the proposal, which he eventually sold to Kensington. Now... Did you discuss with him the idea of having Julia be a, a businesswoman from New York and coming back and saving all of this? Because she's sort of a non-traditional character for a, a cozy protagonist. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's not unusual for a cozy protagonist to return to her home town. Um, and it was very traditional in the times when I was writing the proposal for her to return because of calamitous personal reasons mm-hmm. and probably in the sort of shadow of the recession usually she'd lost her job she'd lost her lover she'd you know she was coming home with her tail between her knees and i wanted a protagonist who resented it a little bit and felt a little out of place and um, resented the town a little bit and sort of had all these feelings that she had to deal with. So that's why I did that. I never discussed what she would have. I never went to that level of detail discussions with the agent until he saw the proposal. It really gives the series a nice little edge. Thank you. And, And it also allowed me to use... Um, some of the observations and anecdotes and whatnot that came from my past to make good good use of that experience. So I appreciated that. Now, the first book in the series, I think I have the title right. Was it Clammed Up? Correct. And Clammed Up, you were nominated for an Agatha Award. Yes, and, and I was very amazed by that because I was nominated for the Agatha for Best Contemporary Novel, which is the most uh, crowded and difficult category to be nominated. And I was in there with people, you know, way beyond my peer level <laughs> that way. So it was it was a wonderful experience. And that's another way of the universe letting you know that you're on the right track with this whole idea of uh, midlife career change. Yes, it was. It was very affirming. And, you know, when people, when you write for years, and, and writing's just one of these things that so often you do in isolation, and you're like, am I crazy? Is there anything here? What am I doing? Um, so it is nice when those little bumps, be it getting a short story published or um, getting a, con- you know, it's it's very nice when those little bumps come along. I, and I always feel you should really celebrate them and appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Well, do me a favor. I'm down here in Florida, and it's when this episode airs, it's going to be a little hotter than it is now. I want to be able to picture this room that you write in where you're looking out the window 
tell me what it's like. Tell us what it's like for you writing in this room, you know, writing this fabulous series in the middle of basically where it all takes place. Oh, well, that's um, that's a great question. And actually, we um, own this old Victorian uh, sea captain's house in Booth Bay Harbor. As I said, it's right on the harbor. And in the spring and summer, when I can, I actually sit out on the big front porch and right there, um, watching all the people going back and forth from one side of the harbor to the other. There's a bridge across the harbor, and it looks right back at, at our house. It's a fair ways away, so it's not like people, tourists are kind of shuffling by and staring at us. So that's all quite inspirational to me. When the weather is not conducive to sitting on the porch, I write in a little alcove in the living room that's surrounded by windows looking out on this harbor. I love watching the seasons change, more and more boats arriving, um, the beautiful spring flowers of Maine. It's very inspirational. Well, it sounds wonderful, and thanks for sharing that with us. Barbara, what's the best way for people to keep up with you and your work? Well, if you have an interest in cozy set in New England, and I recommend that you do because they're great, um, I blog with six other, five other authors of uh, New England-based cozies on the Wicked Cozy blog, which is wickedcozyauthors.com. I have a website at and I have a website at mainclambakemysteries.com, which will guide you to all the other myriad ways to get in touch with me, uh, including social media. Okay, and I will link to both of those in the show notes. Barbara, it's been an absolute delight talking with you today, and it's even more delightful to read your book. Well, thank you, Stephen, so much. It's been fun. This is Stephen Campbell for Crime Fiction FM. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you like what we're doing here with the podcast, please stop by iTunes and drop us a rating or a review. Your review will help other crime fiction readers find the show. Thanks for listening.